0: Hi everybody. This is Julie Varela Mills, and
1: this is Joe Lopez. We're
0: we're here for our second podcast of Rock On, for on behalf of Modern Times Magazine. Um, hey Joe, I wanted to uh, kind of uh, update you on something that we spoke about uh, last month, and it was uh, on the uh, bowl for Ronnie that they did for um, the Stand Up and Shout Cancer Fund. Great event. Yeah. Great event. Yeah, exactly. And and I had read. that they had raised thirty six thousand dollars for cancer research. So I mean it, it's absolutely a excellent, excellent um, uh, charity. They get hundred percent of the proceeds goes to cancer research. And uh, one of the really cool things about it is not only that they had um, about, uh, let's see, they said attended by 300 rockers and enthusiasts. Um, gosh, they had uh, Tim Ripper Owens there. Um, They had Scott Warren, of course, Craig Goldie, Simon Wright. um, And one of the things that uh, they established at this particular Bowl for Ronnie, the second annual, was the Dean Chattel Award for the highest score overall. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you know, we always have to remember somebody who was uh, not only a great fan, uh, but a great friend uh, to Wendy Dio and to Ronnie. Um, and in starting uh, Ninji Productions, which is now, you know, now in its sixth year and uh, putting out uh, Ninji. Ninji. That's <laughs> okay. Thank it's you. Okay. You gotta correct okay. me. It's sometimes okay. sometimes I gotta have those clubs.
1: <laughs> hey, I'm been enthusiast. That's what makes that's what makes these podcasts very interesting.
0: Yeah, they do, and then that's why that's why we're you know we we exchange uh, ideas back and forth. Um, you know what I wanted to. Kind of um, go a little bit off, um, I guess segue into this, and uh, you know, from what Ronnie has done, and I um, wanted to mention to you a little bit about what we heard at the memorial service in 2010. This is kind of the subject of this podcast. Okay. And um, it was something I pulled out from uh, what I wrote uh, for an uh, online magazine called uh, The Rainbow Fan Clan Legacy, which is based out of the Netherlands, and uh, rung by the webmaster, Franz van Arkel, who's also a photographer and a, and a dear friend of mine. Um, and he writes everything about Rainbow, or you know all the members that have graced, graced the band Rainbow. And um, at the memorial service in 2010, Eddie Trunk, who was the master of ceremonies, he told the story of when he asked Ronnie, who is your favorite vocalist? And without hesitation, Dio said his favorite vocalist was none other than Glenn Hughes. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Glenn Hughes um, is hes called the, what was it, the Voice of Rock? The Voice of Rock. That's it. Yeah. The Voice of Rock. And he's been with such groups as Trapeze, of course Deep Purple, Hughes Thrall, uh, Hughes Turner Project, uh, had a successful solo career, and of course Black Country Communion but he has come out with an album called uh, Resonate Resonate and that that i hear or read um, from a recent article um, he actually did one in Guitar World yesterday that appeared yesterday um that it's been 8 years It's since... been a
1: long time you know since uh he actually had a bonafide Glenn Hughes solo record um i guess you know he was you know very busy with the you know, the Black Country Communion project and, you know, other things, you know, that he had been involved in. But, um, yeah, and he's come back full force with this album, and it's it's a real stormer. It's it's a great album. Um, you know, he has some new players on board. Um, he's got a fantastic guitarist um, by the name of Soren Anderson. Okay. And, I mean, the guy is just mesmerizing. I mean, he's very um, unique in the way he plays. But, um I think one thing that you'd be happy to hear, Julie, when when you uh, take a listen to the record, is that there's a lot of uh, John Lordisms really? in there from uh, from their keyboard player Lachie Doley, and um, I mean we're talking some really um, or is that Lachey? Okay, but yeah, anyway, exactly. I, I have <laughs> huh? right, but I'm still giving him credit for it. Sure, sure. But I mean we're talking channeling some heavy duty Hammond style uh, organ playing that I haven't heard. Uh, since John Lord, and I'm, you know, and I'm even including that because Don Ares is his own beast. You know, I have total respect for Don Aries and his own style. Mm-hmm. But what's on this uh, Glenn Hughes solo album is really channeling closer to. The Hammond sound of John Lord. Really? That I've heard.
0: Now I'm going to go off the subject a little bit, and and just we're going to get back to to, to Glenn because this is the subject of our. This our, is the Glenn podcast. It is Glenn podcast. Do not deny me the Glenn
1: no, podcast. No, we're not
0: going to deny you the Glenn I'm podcast. I'm a huge Glenn fan, but and, you know, I, I have to that. be. I have to take <laughs> issue. But I have to take issue because the fact is, as on now what, which was Deep Purple's last album, and um, in uh, 2013 that came around in April 2013. I mean, there were some pieces that Aerie did that, I mean, my God, I literally was just, you know, chills were going down my spine because I really, really felt that they finally depurpled. And actually, to Don Aerie's credit, Really found his, I guess, voice, so to speak. You'd hate to say that because obviously it's a, it's a different type of instrument. But I mean, you're talking about channeling board. I mean, I was, it was pure to, in that sense. But I mean, it's interesting what you were talking about in Glenn Hughes' album.
1: And what's funny <clears throat> that, um, not to take it off the Glenn Hughes thing. Oh my God, now I'm going on a tangent too. But um, you know the new Deep Purple. I'm looking very forward to that. And I believe Bob Ezrin is doing the record again. Yeah. And I think he's added, a, you know, a lot of expertise and craft to Deep Purple, you know, um, to, you know, having him do it because I've been in this, I've been fortunate enough to be in the studio with Bob Ezrin. Wow. Um, really? Yeah. When he, when he did uh, the Kiss Revenge record. No kidding. Yeah. Oh my stuff. gosh. And you're serious. Wow. Just to see. And he works, you know, he works different and he has a lot of it. Input. I mean, I think uh, it's a great asset, and I think now what was probably one of the best albums uh, that Deep Purple's probably ever put out. Yeah. You know, it's definitely as far as the Steve Morse era. Well, as far as the Steve Steve Morse era, era, because that and Perpendicular are my two favorite.
0: Right. Right. And 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 we of course we could get back and 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 kind of go off that subject. But that'll be next. That That, will be. (laughs) That will be an
1: entire podcast. (laughs) Dedicated to that when that record sure, comes out. Sure,
0: sure. And actually, uh, the Deep Purple, uh, if anybody has uh, seen the um, the tease on it, it's in um, Larry, a, a good friend of mine named Larry Towrain. and I'm going to give you a shout-out on this, Larry. You might have to correct me on this. It's either infinite or infinite. I'm not even sure. But it, I think, to be honest with you, there may be a double meaning in there because it could either be going on and on, as Deep Purple has for many, many years, or it could be finishing, or this could be their last album. So it Mm -hmm. remains to be seen. Yeah, we'll
1: see. So. The other, uh, I was going to mention another cool thing about Resonate is, um, you know, it's no no secret how he has a very close relationship with Chad Smith of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, yeah. And uh, Chad did play on two tracks, and um, he played uh, drums on heavy, and Long Time Gone. And it's just, you know, really cool to hear, you know, drummers like that, you know, on on Glenn's record as well. You know, and it's kind of an interesting, you know, thing also. You know, having, you know, somebody from the Peppers on his record. Because they do have that, they definitely, you know, the Red Hot Chili Peppers definitely, you know, have that funk styling that, you know, that Glenn, you know, was, gosh, doing it way back when. So it's like... You know, it's a perfect union uh, for uh, for Glenn in his playing a bass. You know, to be jamming with Chad.
0: Now, in his in in his tenure with the Red Hot Chili Peppers with Chad Smith. Now, was he part of California Breed?
1: No, he's still in the Peppers. Okay, he's still in the he's Peppers. He's still in the Peppers. He's just um, he he's just very close friends uh, with Glenn and okay. uh, he, you know and he he guessed it. He guessed it on two tracks, but it, you know, but they do have that. Uh, that, that groove, so that's kind of cool. And then, um, you know, what, what's really strange about it is one of my favorite songs off the record is Nothing's the Same, which is actually a bonus track. Oh, really? And it's more of a slower song with cellos okay, and so forth. And it's just real, like, uh, gosh, it's one of those slower songs where Glenn just really excels uh, with real soul and real, um, you know, a lot of nuances in his voice, you know, um, as opposed to you know his high-pitched, uh, you know, screaming. I, I don't want to call it screaming because you know he he's pitch perfect, so it's
0: like, <laughs> right. Exactly, that's why you call him the voice of rock. rock. Exactly,
1: but you know, in a more um, in a more subdued way.
0: Well, it's interesting that you mention that um, because. We were talking about that it is his first solo album, and James Wood, who was the author or the uh, the interviewer for this um, Guitar World uh, article that actually was posted yesterday, yesterday, and uh, it um, it's um, the title is Glen Hughes talks new solo album Gear and Black Country Communion, which we'll get to in a few in a few minutes um, because we're here on uh, Glen Hughes uh, podcast day. Um, he the the yeah. Uh, um, he had asked Glenn about why such a long wait, and you were just mentioning, you know, how what it sounded like to you, and he said, to, this is Glenn Hughes speaking, to me this album is one long song with 12 breaks. It's a meaningful record because I sing about the human condition and what gets us through. I'm singing about my father's death, and I'm pissed off, but I'm also sensitive, and you get to hear... That in the tone of my voice in certain songs, so yeah, it's um. I mean, and Glenn always has has put a lot of meaning into a lot of his records. Um, but I think sometimes more so, some than others, and this seems to be a, a representation of that.
1: Right, you, Glenn has always had. You know, uh, when he makes an album, it, it's always something from the heart. You know, you know, uh, there's always some type of, uh, you know, something you know, about his music that, you know, it comes from his soul. And that, I think that comes out to his fans um, and so forth uh, also. But on songs like Let It Shine on this new record, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, an empowering tune, you know, to for people to listen, uh, listen to. You know, and there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of that going on. My Town, you know, where he's, you know, obviously, you know, he's talking about, you know, his town and what's going on with that and you know uh it's definitely very personal to him sure and you know he takes us on that journey and um a lot of times we relate to that journey as well because we're also on that same journey oh absolutely also so it it, you know with i get a lot from his records in that respect whereas other rock records you know i just want to rock out and you know uh Party, party, whatever you you know what I'm saying. Well,
0: and, and that come that I think that uh, kind of speaks well of what we like to listen to in general. I mean, you, um, in, in listening to something like Glenn and even you know the artists that I do, we we tend to I tend to gravitate towards uh, my thing is lyrics, um, always has been about lyrics, and it what it says to me it doesn't necessarily um it, it it it's something that relates like like he mentions the human condition and you know he's relating something very personal but he but what he knows is is music and it was interesting because um one of the other questions that he was asked in this uh this interview um he says has your writing it uh, was asked the question has your writing changed much over the years and this is what Glenn says Sometimes I'll write music that is influenced by places like Detroit and Georgia. I'm also a big Beach Boys fan and a 60s child. On the song Flow, there's a six-part harmony in the midsection, and on Landmines, there's a five-part harmony. I wanted to have discourse in my vocals, a clash where people go, What the fuck was that? (laughs) You know? (laughs) I mean, I'm sorry to bring the expletive, but that's, that's what he says.
1: Right, and you know, in listening to the record, you'll see that it's not um, your typical record. You know, by numbers. So you know, he's definitely doing new things. You know, uh, doing uh, creating new new music with new ideas. Right. Not just being stagnant and you know coming back with you know son of uh, son of funk or son of uh, talk to me. You know, one of his other solo albums. Each. Solo album by Glenn has the distinction of being pretty much always different. Yeah. And, you know, I can sit and know it, you know, I know his entire catalog, I have his entire catalog um, of solo material. And, you know, Music for the Divine is one of my favorites, but also uh, from now on is also one of my favorites. But you, you put both of those on and they're entirely different. I you see. know, I like the Feel album, which is very rock, right. um, where it had Mark O'Neill on it. Uh, on guitar, you know that is a total heavy, heavy rock um, record, which is also a, a big favorite of my uh, of mine. The solo of his, and you know each one is different, and I like each one for different different things.
0: So you have um, you 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 mentioned the bonus track, um, and there was a, a couple other tracks. So of, of the twelve track, oh, well actually now the, I would say there are thirteen tracks um, included on that. Twelve. Twelve tracks, mm-hmm. okay. Twelve tracks total. Um, for the for the listener, have if you're trying to convince somebody, you know, you're you're giving the accolades to it. Obviously, you, mm, you like course. the record. Let me ask you: If you wanted a listener who has never heard Glenn Hughes before, um, and would like to listen to some of these songs, which ones would you recommend? Because some people are just singles people. They they want to you know just listen well, to single the and enjoy it.
1: The opening track is, is... which is. Heavy, it's It's heavy. It's called heavy, and I mean that that one. You know, you feel the power of Glenn Hughes in that in that opening track, and I'm sure that that's the reason it was the opening track. I would say probably uh, that one. um, I like, uh, gosh, how long is another good good tune? Okay, and you know I like some of them because you know uh, even though I mentioned the Deep Purple influence, I seen a little bit. of trapeze influence in a oh. few things in a couple of arrangements, and I was kind of like going, well, this record is very well-rounded, and then you have the, the Hammond organ going there, and I was just like, whoa, you know, I was blown away with so many. I couldn't believe that there was that many keys on this record, to be honest. That really is different. Yeah. I mean, there's always been some keys, but mm, to this effect, no.
0: I see, I see, and um, I'm trying to think now... Um in, I guess in, in honor of Glenn Hughes, too, for those who don't know or, or have not picked it up, I definitely, since I've read it, and I don't know, did you, did you read I have a, a copy of that. Okay, you have a copy mm-hmm. of the book. Um, for those who didn't, um, haven't uh, gotten it, it, Glenn Hughes does have an autobiography um, that he released at least two or three years ago, and it's um, with uh, Joel McIver, uh, with a foreword by Lars Ulrich and um nice. i believe definitely if you know if you really start to get into Hughes's music is to read this particular book cuz this gentleman is a survivor i mean a survivor of, of of epic proportions i mean he lost his one of his dear brothers in the in Tommy Bolin Tommy
1: Bolin um you know in in the book you read about him like hanging out um uh, you know with uh you know partying with you know rob people like rob halford david bowie um you know the whole um you know hollywood scene in the in the 70s really gives you a cool glimpse so even if you're not the biggest glenn hughes fan there's a lot in there that kind of gives you an idea of what it was like to be there in that hedonistic period around the 70s yeah uh you know when excess was all around and
0: uh i mean i hate to admit this though joe my my it was a little painful sometimes reading it because and, and it's not because of the fact you're... Sometimes when you're living your own experience and you're you're seeing what he's going through, mm-hmm. you're like, why can't you get out of this? I mean, in, in other words, it's like, why can't you get out of this funk? What, you know, what is... What's happening here? But this was his experience. This was his journey. Sure. And what he does is just, like, say, look, I want to be able... <laughs> 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 it goes, I want to be able to... Um- <laughs> we're, we're
1: laughing're okay, well, we laughing because I was giving her the, the he's a,
0: giving me the wrap up and the, the I'm like excuse time. me she's,
1: she's like don't don't interrupt my wrap. Okay. no
0: you know I'm like really jo
1: I did mean with your commentary though go ahead no.
0: well now I lost my train of thought no um, in all seriousness it's um I, this is what I love about the artist and what we do around here as far as um, in trying to convey. Uh, Not only our feelings, but to try to get people to um, uh, notice that we really, really feel really deeply about um, how these artists affect our, I guess, (laughs) existence. We don't live vicariously through them, we hope, but uh, it's just that uh, it it just sometimes happens that when we pick a certain band or we we have something that we love so much about one particular artist or, or a band or whatever, we tend to kind of it's it's almost becomes a part of us. Sure. And I think everybody can relate to sure. that. Sure.
1: Yeah, no, definitely, you know, it, you know and then you remember uh you know and it's just like Rob Halford has has said in the past, you know, that it's funny how you can play a tune uh from the past and it brings you back all the memories uh in your mind, you know, that have uh, taken place in and around when that song came out in that period and you kind of relive it and you're... In your mind, it's just crazy the recall that you get uh, from music. Exactly,
0: exactly. Now, uh, even though now we have, I guess, uh, ended our um, uh, Glenn Hughes discussion. One thing. What, dear?
1: One more thing. Yes. The Black Country Communion.
0: Oh, oh my gosh. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for reminding me. Everyone. We have, Mr. Hughes has mentioned that in the same article that they will be going, Black Country Communion is uh, with uh, Joe Bonamassa, who is the amazing blues, blues, guitar blues rock awesome. guitars. Rock guitar player. He's blues. actually going to be playing in uh, Tucson, Arizona uh, later this month. Um, Derek um, uh, Shereen? Sherinian. Yep, mm-hmm. the keyboardist, the famous, famous keyboardist. And we have also...
1: The excellent Jason Bonham on drums. My God! So you're talking super, definitely super group, and I mean, and you know, I'm just so happy that they're coming together uh, for another record. Yeah. You know, um,
0: January 3rd is when they're going into the studio, and uh, for uh, uh, he mentioned also that they the record will be coming out on May 20th. That is the tentative date, and I believe it's probably going to come out on Frontiers. Um, Frontiers Records, um, oh, okay. that's based out of Italy, because that's mm. kind of that's his label now. Okay. Um, but uh, that is something that we definitely could look forward to. And I do want to mention, again, there are some concerts coming up here in Arizona that I want to mention. And I know for those who are listening to this podcast, I would like to kind of mention some of the acts that are coming in. And that way, it allows... Those who listen to modern, who are part of Modern Times magazine, can maybe get out to a concert or two sure. and uh, take take a listen to it. We have on December 2nd, Roger Hodgson of um, Super, Super Tramp. Tramp, the voice of Super Tramp, which sadly I'm going to be missing. That's at the Celebrity Theater on December 2nd. December 3rd, the sold out Alice Cooper's ah, Christmas, Christmas Pudding. pudding.
1: So bummed. With the Hollywood God, Vampires. I to go to that. Yep. The
0: Hollywood Vampires with uh, Johnny Depp and uh, Joe Perry, who had a health scare earlier this yeah. year. You know, and we're glad that he is um, feeling that much probably. better. Uh, and that also included Sammy Hagar and Korn. That's at the Celebrity Theater. and It's sold out. I mean, it's, you know,
1: what, less than what? It's like 1,500 people because I hear that the stage isn't going to be turning. Yep. You know, so. I, you know, it was a very limited basis.
0: Yeah, and it used to be at Comerica for the many years.
1: And, and I went every year there, and this time around, I didn't even jump on it quick enough. Exactly.
0: And so now, and then now we have, uh, and on the second, third, and fourth, um, most likely it's going to be spoken word, but Henry Rollins mm-hmm. is going to be at the Crescent Ballroom. Uh, <laughs> December 9th, we have another blues artist who's, uh, oh, I listened to a couple. Johnny cup. Lang. Johnny Lang. Yeah. He played at Alice Cooper's Christmas uh, putting uh, the yeah, last yeah, time last, remember last when, we went. when yeah yes, when Joel yes. and Turner had his all-star all-star band there with Nils Lofgren and uh and uh what was it Jack Blates, yeah from uh, Night Ranger and uh, uh was it Glenn Sobel who was playing the drums I believe right. yeah cuz I think that's Alice's drummer right now yeah but anyways, uh, he um he's playing at the showroom at Talking Stick it uh on uh, December 9th then we have Steve Vai who is coming into town on on December twelfth at the Virginia Virginia G Piper uh, Theater in Scottsdale, Arizona? That's more likely around the Scottsdale Center for the Arts. That's that's where they're at. Seven thirty. We have the Rock Pack. Okay. I'm going to that. The takeoff that's, on the quote unquote Rat should Pack. Fun. Should be a fun. The Rock Pack on Friday, December sixteenth, featuring the voices of. Cheap Trick, which is Robin Xander, Lou Graham, Foreigner, Greg Raleigh, Santana. Santana and Journey and the oh, Storm Jer- yeah,
1: I mean, Remember and singing on those, you know, those hits like you know, the early Santana hits. The early journey hit. Absolutely, it's, it's Ste- gonna be great.
0: Steve Aguirre, that who was also uh, in Journey, in Journey at one time. <laughs> at one time, uh, John Payne, uh, when he had uh, featuring Asia, you know, or featuring, you know, yeah, featuring Asia.
1: He was actually in Asia at the time <clears throat> for several records that were very progressive, mm. and I love those records. In fact, I like those records a lot better than some of the early Asia. Records. So I'm hoping that he does at least, you know, a track or two, you know, from his era of Asia, mm-hmm. rather than maybe perhaps, you know, doing a John Whenton, uh set. Right. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. And the other person that we, I, I don't want to forget, is uh, Fee Weibel of the, of, of, the, the of the Tubes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be a great concert, and I, ho- I hope you have fun at that. On uh, December 18th is going to be Lynch Mob mm-hmm. at the Marquee Theater in Tempe. And ending out the year, or right after Christmas, before the new year, 2017, is Trans-Siberian Orchestra on 1226. Excellent Christmas show. Excellent Christmas show.
1: Or after Christmas show. After show.
0: <laughs> but you can't For go wrong. New long. Year's,
1: it's still the holiday spirit. Absolutely.
0: The holiday spirit. And they, they definitely, they're having two shows at the the Gila River uh, Arena. Um, and they will be rocking your socks off, especially with that classical bass music Thanks to people like Mr. Rishi Blackmore and Deep Purple who introduced that kind of uh, music to us back in the uh, late 60s and early 70s. And one final note, um, I did want to mention going back to Ronnie James Dio. um, We just had a press release uh, released yesterday about Lemmy um, from Motorhead. And um, in collaboration, a press release came out in collaboration with West Hollywood's famous Rainbow Bar and Grill on the Sunset Strip. They've agreed to dedicate their patio to Lemmy and rename it Lemmy's Lounge in memory of the rock's greatest frontman. Um, and so it's uh, basically to celebrate Lemmy's Lounge, Roxy owner Nick Adler and Golden Voice Paul Toilette have kindly agreed to allow the painting of a celebratory mural commemorating the life of Lemmy and Motorhead on the sidewall of the Roxy opposite Lemmy's lounge and statue. Now, this is where the fun begins. For those in Los Angeles who will be listening to this podcast, and I hope some people in Los Angeles will be listening to this podcast, Motorheads management are seeking a local L.A. muralist painter that is interested in the opportunity to provide their services to paint this immortal artwork in celebration of the fallen hero's life. Interested parties should fill the form at www.lemmyslounge.com. That's www.lemmyslounge.com. L O U N G E dot com to submit their resume, and the closing date for submission is December 24th, 2016. So, any of you lucky LA muralists out there who would love the opportunity to be able to paint this thing on behalf of the legendary Lemmy, um, I would definitely send in your resume and stuff, and you know, make a statement on your art and stuff with, um, with that, so you're being allowed to do legal graffiti so to speak so with that said we are now going to be ending our podcast for this month
1: all right everybody have a happy holiday be safe out there merry
0: christmas to all because i
1: say merry christmas (laughs) and to all a good
0: day and and night rock on